0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darrell Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord tells Judah to break up the fallow ground of their hearts and wash them from all wickedness. A wind of desolation will soon blow from the north. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Jeremiah chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. In
0: chapter 4, Jeremiah continues with his second message from the Lord. It was a call of repentance to Judah, who had been treacherous toward God. She had gone through the motions of religion, but she did not have a sincere heart. She had forsaken the Lord to go after other gods. But there was still hope. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 4. If you will return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me. And if you will put away your abominations out of my sight, then you shall not be moved. And you shall swear the Lord lives in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. The nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. As a brokenhearted husband or a loving father, God was calling out to his people to come home to him. But they first needed to abandon their idols. If they would do this and make the Lord their rock and refuge, then they would never be scattered again. And they would be a blessing to the other nations who would also trust in the Lord. We don't often realize the impact our lives are having on those around us, either positively or negatively. We're just not aware of it. If Judah returned to the Lord, then other nations would see and follow her example. How important it is for all of us to remain faithful to God and serve him with integrity. Others are watching us more than we know. And we can either give them a reason to follow Jesus or turn them away from following Jesus. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskin of your hearts. You men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Now, Jeremiah tells them that they had to do three things to put things right with the Lord. First, they needed to break up their fallow ground. Their hearts were as hard as soil baked by the hot summer sun. They had seen the revival that King Josiah had initiated, but it didn't penetrate their hearts. It didn't bring lasting change. Therefore, God said they needed to break up the fallow ground of their hearts. Now, how does a person do this anyway? We understand how a farmer plows the hard soil of his field, but how do we plow our hearts? The only way is by submitting to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and confessing our sins. Then our hearts will be ready to receive the word of God implanted into our hearts that will save, heal, and bring us to maturity. Second, they needed to stop sowing among thorns. Jesus told the parable of a farmer who sowed seed onto four different soils. Some seed fell on the path where the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rocky soil where it had no depth and the seed sprouted but soon withered and died. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked it out so that it didn't bear fruit. Lastly, some fell on good soil where it brought forth a productive crop. Jesus explained that the seed represents the word of God. The seed sown among thorns represents the word coming into the heart. But the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things choke it out. I believe that this describes the condition of the church in America. Our affluence distracts us and so easily chokes out the effectiveness of the word so it doesn't bring forth the fruit that God desires from our lives. So they needed to get rid of these thorns to burn them out, if you will, before the seed would have its effect in their hearts. Third, they needed to circumcise their hearts. As good Jews, they had followed the covenant of circumcision that God gave to Abraham. But this mark in their flesh represented a life not lived for the flesh, but for God. They were circumcised outwardly, but inwardly they still sought to gratify their flesh. So God said, circumcise yourselves, cut away the foreskin of your hearts. You see, God wants his people to be separate from this world and to touch no unclean thing. He wants them to have an undivided heart, but if they refused to cut off their evil works, then the Lord's fury would burn like unquenchable fire. Declare in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, blow the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together and say, assemble yourselves and let us go into the fortified cities. Set up the standard towards Zion. Take refuge, do not delay, for I will bring disaster from the north and great destruction." There wasn't a moment to lose. It was time to blow the trumpet throughout the land, to call the assembly. Judgment was imminent, and those living in the country needed to take refuge in fortified cities. Soon, the Babylonians would invade from the north, and those who were isolated would be first to be destroyed. Therefore, they needed to assemble in fortified cities. You know, since the COVID pandemic, so many have separated themselves from regular fellowship in the church, but Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. Over 10 years ago, I received a very unusual phone call. The man didn't give me his name. He simply said that the Lord had given him a prophecy for churches. He said that terrible times were coming and only those who were in church fellowship would survive. Having delivered his message, he politely ended the phone call. That was it. He had nothing to sell. He didn't demand anything of me except that I would tell others. So here I am. I'm telling others 10 years later. Now, was this from the Lord? I believe it has been confirmed both by Jeremiah's words here and by world events. When evil comes in like a flood, we must band together in Christ if we're going to survive. United we stand, divided we fall. Verse 7, The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate. Your cities will be laid waste without inhabitant. The people of Judah generally thought that they were invincible. They could not imagine their precious city of Jerusalem being leveled any more than we could imagine Washington, D.C. being leveled today. But the destroyer of nations was on his way, and he would bring total desolation. The cities would be laid waste without inhabitant. For this, clothe yourself with sackcloth, lament, and wail, For the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back from us and it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish and the heart of the princes. The priests shall be astonished and the prophets shall wonder. So what were they to do? God told them to clothe themselves with sackcloth and to lament and wail. Now, sackcloth was just that. It was cloth made for sacks, like potato sack material. It was either made from goat or camel hair and was very scratchy on the skin. To a nation that was heading off the deep end, God said, wear sackcloth, lament, and wail. Now, do you think that that was a popular message? On the contrary, Jeremiah was in the minority, Because the majority of prophets in Jeremiah's day were predicting peace. They contradicted Jeremiah's doom and gloom predictions. In essence, their message was, don't worry, be happy. But God gave Jeremiah a very different message. And let's face it, wearing sackcloth and lamenting will never be popular with the world. Judah was too complacent. They were too busy buying the latest books of the prophets who were telling them that everything was going to be okay when, in reality, it was falling apart. They thought that the Lord had turned away his anger when, in fact, God was giving them a little more time to turn from their sins. You know, it's always dangerous to misinterpret God's patience for his acceptance, or even worse, for his approval. The culture may change, but God's word never changes. What God declares to be sin remains sin yesterday, today, and forever. There was only one thing that could deliver Judah from the fierce anger of the Lord, and that was genuine repentance. If they didn't turn, then the hearts of kings and princes would perish, priests would be astonished, and prophets would wonder. Verse 10. Then I said, oh, Lord God, surely you have greatly deceived this people in Jerusalem, saying you shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches to the heart. Now, Jeremiah didn't want to hear this terrible message any more than anybody else did. And the other prophets, of course, were saying there will be peace, peace. So Jeremiah probably believed them at first because he said you've deceived this people in Jerusalem. But it wasn't that God had sent these prophets. They were false prophets. At that time, it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a dry wind of the desolate heights blows in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan or to cleanse. A wind too strong for these will come for me. Now I will also speak judgment against them. Behold, he shall come up like clouds and his chariots like a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, for we are plundered. In that part of the world, there was what they called the Sirocco, a hot, dry east wind that blows from the desert. Now, the cool winds from the Mediterranean were useful for separating the wheat from the chaff. But these scorching desert winds were good for nothing. The wind that would suddenly blow against Jerusalem would be a fierce and destructive burning. The Babylonians would come up like clouds and their chariots like a whirlwind. Their horses would be swifter than eagles and they would plunder Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness that you may be saved. How long shall your evil thoughts lodge within you? Even now, there was still time for Jerusalem to save herself, but she had to wash her heart from wickedness and from the evil thoughts that lodged within her. For a voice declares from Dan and proclaims affliction from Mount Ephraim. Make mention to the nations. Yes, proclaim against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country and raise their voice against the cities of Judah. Like keepers of a field, they are against her all around because she has been rebellious against me, says the Lord. Your ways and your doings have procured these things for you. This is your wickedness because it is bitter, because it reaches to your heart. Dan was on the northern border of Israel and Ephraim was south of that. As the Babylonians would descend upon Judah from the north, Jerusalem would receive reports from Dan and then from Ephraim. God called the Babylonians watchers from a far country. No one can ever really charge God with injustice. Those who accuse God only demonstrate that they don't really know him. God simply gives people over to what they want. In turning away from God, who is the source of life, people suffer spiritual death and bitterness of heart. At first, they enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But when the season ends, their sin brings forth
1: the bitterness of death. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Next week, we will return to the book of First Chronicles as King David divides the service of the musicians, gatekeepers, and other officials of the kingdom. It's a good lesson in an effective administration. We hope you'll join us as we discover more treasures in God's word on Simply the Bible.